Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film with the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in an obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And you know, one of the things that I love is a nice, refreshing glass of water. Mm, H2O. Absolutely. It makes me think about the history of bottled water. You know, (laughs) vessels to bottle and transport water have been a part of the earliest human civilizations. And bottling, from what we understand, officially began in the United Kingdom with the first water bottling at the Holy Well in 1621. First commercially distributed a water in America was bottled and sold by Jackson's Spa in Boston in 1767. Ooh. The early part of this was all based on health. You thought that the mineral waters and all these other waters that could be bottled could then be a good part of, of a healthy life. And in the U.S., the beginning of the 20th century, after chlorination and all these other things happen, allows our public water system to be uh, taste fine and, and safe to drink. Bottled water kind of takes well most in, of the country. in most of the in most of the country. Let's not forget Flint. I have Our thoughts to all the people who might be listening to this. Yes, we understand that. Totally understand that. Thank you. But it, it's not a big deal. It still it remains a big deal in Europe um, mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Perrier, sparkling water, water with gas, however you refer to it, whatever country you're from. Um, but then it comes back in the 20th century. And a lot of that is due not just to uh, commercial the commercialization of hydration, but also in 1973, a DuPont engineer by the name of Nathaniel Wyeth patented polyethylene terephthalate. Mm. And, I, and I murdered the pronunciation of that. What am I, it's the PET. It's the plastic that we still use today in bottling. And that it was able to contain pressurized liquids. And that's how we have this. Um, Why do I bring this up? I bring this up because there was a particular prop in this minute that you even today could procure for a measly $30 and you too could be Iron Man. Ooh, wow. For just a mere $30, you could be Iron Man here at minute 19 (laughs) of Iron Man 2 from uh, 2010, directed by Mr. John Favreau. Uh, Joining us once again is our good friend, Ray. Hello. Hey. Hey. Still sticking around with us. I'm surprised. Hey, uh, this has been a pleasure for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're very kind, sir. I'm a yeah. little concerned by Kyle's like surprise, but, like fun. To <laughs> this hang is, with. this is it's an endurance test. Yeah. You know, well, like it, it's, it's like you know you you uh, most of the people who are listening to this have it nice that's just in their ears and it's been filtered and it's been edited. Like this is the raw water. This is well water that Ray is drinking right now. You don't know what you're gonna get. <laughs> See, the water. Uh, so here we are. So uh, we have finally finished the trial of Stony Stark. Oh man, I don't know if you guys were as sick of it as we are, but uh, so fun, we have now. Yeah. yeah, we have traveled into the future. That's right. We have moved four days ahead in the timeline, and mm-hmm. in a beautiful cut. So <laughs> this is what's amazing about this: is we, uh, for those of you who don't know, want to know a little behind the scenes stuff. Uh, Basically, an algorithm has cut the movie into the minutes for us. So we have we have everything cut up there. And every once in a while, it's one of these beautiful, elegant that does it right on an edit line that it cuts the minute right there. So I don't know if that's the the genius of the editing or just the miracle of the algorithm, but like it it was a perfect cut from uh, Russia to California in this one. It just made us very very happy. In fact, uh, I think this is our first. This is the first perfect cut on the minute line. Because this one yeah. is literally right on it. 
it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like to the frame. It is right. It was gorgeous. Uh, so <laughs> this, so this now it is May 12th, 2010 in the, in our timeline. And we are in beautiful Malibu, California. That's right. The, the, uh, stately Stark mansion uh, now, on point on point doom, <laughs> which does not exist. This is an all it's, the, the land that you see is real, but the house itself is all CG. No, no, okay. That was just gonna say one. Let's let's take this apart. Even just this first moment, we love our our uh, beautiful sweeping landscape mm-hmm. shots. Yes, for those of you who are fans of us. Uh, yeah. Now, is this Malibu, California? Yes, yeah. this is actually Malibu, California. Is this this uh, cliff sort of rock formation jetting out in the water? Is this real? Yes, it's Point Doom. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a mm-hmm. California state park. Mm-hmm. Is there a mansion on it? No, there is no. not. That is completely a digital creation. Now, interesting story about this house and the way it was designed. A lot of people have been confused by this. They think, after seeing the Stark Mansion in these movies, they think that this is the Razor House, which mm. actually is a well-known house. It's on La Jolla Farms Way in San Diego. It's, uh, I believe, now owned by Alicia Keys and her husband. Oh, and wow. it doesn't look, it, do, it doesn't exactly look like this, but it is very similar in a lot of glass, a lot of concrete on a cliff, just like this. And so a lot of people think that this was, when they see it and they don't take a look at the details, they think, oh, this is the Stark Malibu Mansion. It's not. It's inspired by it. Uh, this is a digital creation uh, of by conceptual artist Phil Saunders. And when he was asked to create this, uh, he just envisioned this cliffside home uh, in the vein of some of these other type of homes that do exist on the West Coast of California. And of course, the idea of putting it here on the state park is only Tony Stark would have the money and the pool <laughs> to have his house built on protected land. <laughs> right, which which makes uh, the difficulty that it, for the party, getting to the party that he has later on, seem a little strange. <laughs> We're, have, I was going to say, one? right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But yeah, so then we, we quickly cut into the uh, interior where we have Stoney's workshop, which has changed a little bit since the Iron one. And uh, he's got his music running uh the music we hear is should i stay or should i go by the clash from their album combat rock released all the way back in 1982 um and also we see that he has uh his pro his uh, computer set to respond to his hand gestures including clapping and snapping which is going to be important later on uh, in the way as we're going to see him do that um we say as, as those of us who ever had a connect know motion-based stuff is really, really hard to pull off. Uh, so, so you can see how far Tony Stark was back in 2010 that he could actually have his stuff there. So uh, we get to see uh, he has changed some of the vehicles in there. Obviously, he one of them wrecked when he crashed into it uh, there. But uh, the cars he has, he has a the 32 flat Ford Flathead Roadster, that same thing that's going to be on his uh, screensaver uh, that we'll see later on in this minute. Uh, he's got the he's got a 1953 Gia Cadillac, which is a gorgeous car, which I'd never seen before. Uh, and then he's got a classic 49 Mercury 8 Coupe. Uh, so he's gotten away from his race car phase, apparently. Even though race cars will be a, a factor in this movie later on, coming on. Well, you know, um, you and and that's an interesting selection of cars because um, yeah. you've got the Mercury 8 Coupe, which is you know a mobster car. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the classic, right? Like mob boss yeah. uh, sort of look. And I love the story of the 53, the Gia Cadillac. A lot of people don't know this. In the 1950s, you know, when, when you're really getting the heyday of design and stuff and the automobile industry is taking off, it was it was common, more common than people realize, to buy a chassis from a, a, an auto manufacturer and then have a custom body crafted to it. 
And that actually happened for a lot of different uh, purposes and a lot of different people who, who had the means to do this. And this one, if you say Gia Cadillac, for those of you who are Volkswagen fans, you know the connection to that. The Carmen Gia, which was a particular model, same sort of thing. Volkswagen chassis, a different body attached to it. Carmen Gias were very famous uh, in the 50s too. And they're, they're incredible design. In fact, a lot of the design elements that you see of this Gia Cadillac carry over to that. One of the things I remember about those cars are cool is they were Gia, the Gia design people. It's an Italian uh, designer, I believe. And Gia's were so, the, the Gia people were so uh, focused on design that they would fill and sand all the body seams. So if you ever look at a Carmen oh. Gia, they're very tough to restore because not only do you have to restore the body panels, you have to then refill and reseam and sand and paint everything. Hmm. Oh, wow. The Gia Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, it, Favreau refers to the, the 32 Ford as my car a lot. So I don't know if that's actually a, his car that he puts in the movie or just that he's a big fan of it, too. I couldn't determine whether that came from his garage or not. Oh, no. I've read. I've read. Uh, thanks to. By the way, I should mention all the stuff I just mentioned. Oh, my cars. Yes. Thanks. Thanks to hotcars.com. Ooh, hot appreciate com. it. If you search for them, search for hotcars.com slash Iron Man 2. They have a whole oh. page that is amazing about all of Tony Stark's cars and specifically the ones in this garage. Um, yes, that is John Favreau's. Oh, it is. It's owned according, by him. Okay. According well, to them, yes. That explains why he says mine. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Asked and answered. Um, so uh, then it's, he also has a voice control on his thing and he says, Wake up, daddy's home. Uh, and, and the computer answers, Welcome home, sir. Nice to see a video of you with your clothes on. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, is there a Tony Stark sex tape in the MCU? <laughs> well, there was one in the Ultimates, so... Uh, that's uh, true. Oh. So, canon? I don't know. I just, but uh, the voice you're hearing is that of Jarvis, uh, which stands for just a rather very intelligent system, voiced by Mr. Paul Bettany. Uh, and as we've been doing, what's Paul Bettany been doing since Iron Man 1? Actually, quite a lot. Uh, he had done, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six movies uh, since he did the voiceover work in Iron Man 1. He was uh, in Broken Lines, The Secret Life of Bees. He was in Inkheart as Dustfinger. Just a fun credit to have on your thing. Uh, he was uh, Lord Melbourne in the, the Young Victoria. He was Charles Darwin in Creation, and then he played the Angel Michael in Legion. Not the television series, but the movie. Oh, the movie. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was so, a yeah, crazy he, movie. <laughs> yeah, he was on screen, I believe, for all of those things. We're here. Uh, we're just hearing his dulcet tones. Uh, so then Dar Jarvis begins scanning the entire area, and so we get a lot of data. So there's a lot of stuff going on on all these monitors, and we, we tried to find as much as we possibly could. So the first thing he does is scan the Hall of Armors. Ooh, look at that. It's not the first time we get to see that. So we have uh, we have the Mark One, and the, I think what's cool about that is the original suit that Tony – uh, created in the lab. That's not it. Because right. if you remember, he did not get to keep that suit. That suit was put together by the 10 rings and presumably this, they still have it. So they actually says next to it when Jarvis scans it, uh, rec reconstruction. So like to, basically oh. he recreated the suit, you know, the, as much as you can. So this is just a symbolic suit. Uh, the second one is marked uh, the Mark II. The silver one uh, is marked as prototype. 
So we saw him taking out the thing. That was uh, my first appearance in the Marvel Minute was talking about that, his first flight in that suit. Uh, in the Mark, the Mark III, so that it actually says battle damage. And because that's the suit he wore when he fought Stain in the Ironmonger armor. And then there's his current suit, Mark IV, which interestingly says awaiting upgrade. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so it seems like almost... Every piece of Tony Stark's tech is awaiting upgrade, isn't it? Um, then he goes back to, and Tony Stark is a four monitor guy. I now, as 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 a uh, as a person in IT and as a director of IT, I've been up to three monitors, but I've never gone to that fourth one. I guess that's what happens when you you get to be a CEO of your own tech company and you're monitoring stuff. You get that sweet sweet fourth monitor. Um, so you see, so I I went through as much as I could about what's on each monitor. So. Uh, starting from the left and going to the right. So monitor number one, uh, he's checking his stock prices, which I thought was interesting because he had that on his phone as well. He had a, a stock app about what's going on in quarter three, and there it is. And then as he's as we see that screen, he then switches over to C-SPAN's YouTube page and comes down. And only a million views in the last four days? Come on. Oh, wow. Like, that a seems a little low, even for a C-SPAN's YouTube page. But maybe somebody else picked it up and really got the thing. We've, we've seen that happen on YouTube quite a bit. Uh, on monitor number two, it uh, looks like designs for uh, the arc reactor. There's a lot of round uh, circles and stuff, too. Maybe even like what's going on with uh, with his uh, medical condition. Uh, on monitor number three, we see his file tree. Ooh, come on, nerds. That's pretty sweet. I couldn't get in close enough to find out what's on there, but that was kind of neat. Uh, he has a video conference pending, which I'm curious to see who that was with. Uh, and then he has a model of a, of a skull. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Maybe he's measuring for uh, the helmet. I, I don't know. Is it his skull? I, I don't know. But there's a there's a wireframe skull up there. Uh, and uh, and monitor number four seems to be armor designs because there's a bunch of different like sort of Iron Man esque sort of like suit things in there too. So did you guys pick up anything in the monitors that I missed? I didn't. On the fourth, just a couple things on the fourth monitor. That suit strangely looks like a suit that we are going to see later. Oh, movie. oh, okay. Because you can it. tell by the uh, sort of the corrugated silver that's down past oh, the lower okay. underneath the arc reactor. Yeah. So there is a little bit of, of hinting on that. And I just think this is funny. Okay, first of all, how how is Stark Industries, uh, which apparently its stock ticker is SIA, <laughs> it's at $130, $130. It's up 5.82%. Hmm. I mean, depends on how many <laughs> shares. You know, if you're, you know, if they just had a stock split, then I guess that's not bad. Um, well, but if then you're going to invest that, in Stark Industries, I don't think Iron Man Two is the time that you want yeah, to invest no. in. It. Oh no, because <laughs> then Iron Man Three. Never mind. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler. Uh, and then under that, there is a news ticker that you can just make out says stock takes sharp dive after CEO <laughs> Justin Hammer is embarrassed in Senate Armed Services Committee here. <laughs> yeah, also not a good time to be a Hammer Industries to sell. Investor. You want to you so, want to sell yeah, sell so. hard on Hammer stock. <laughs> so I that was funny. Uh, well, you know what actually uh knowing what we know now which you don't get to in this I would hang on to Hammer until oh. probably you know maybe his pre after he does his presentation yeah. and maybe then sell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right, maybe mid presentation. Yeah, maybe mid. Yeah, mid. Let's say mid presentation. After hours trading, I would totally just get right there. Uh, yeah, no, we saw that, and then okay, once again, great work here yeah. to the digital artists because yeah. this is a fully realized UI, mm -hmm. not just on the screens. I mean, boy, one thing to make screens and animated because you're showing all this stuff, but then fully realized in the whole augmented reality system that you're seeing. Yeah. It's just the whole thing. This this was this was a huge project 
to create all of the elements for this. And we're not even done yet because there's still that's a few true. more things to talk yeah, about. That's right. Because Favreau talks about how like you see the floor has changed. And so he was saying that that's part of because he added the operating system to the floor too. So like everything you see where you see when the holographic thing is because he's expanded it. So like the the fifth monitor essentially is all around that. All around him. And yeah. you definitely get that. Okay. So one thing I just got to mention, the tie-in to our opening for the show today, mm-hmm. uh, on his desk is a water vessel. That oh. is is containing a liquid that we're going to talk about here. But when this came out, this is a product that you can still purchase today. It is from the Core K O R uh, water bottle company. This oh. is the Core One. It is a twenty five ounce water vessel that it can still be purchased today in a multiple in colors, including the white that appears in this movie for thirty dollars. And when you actually oh. go to their website, you can even find out lifetime warranty. This is the the upper echelon of water bottles. Would they, you say it's the Gia Cadillac of this water is bottles? The Gia, yes, this is the <laughs> Gia version of water bottles. Um, obviously, they were huge. I remember they made a huge deal about this when this movie came out because this this was clear product placement, and mm-hmm. they they totally went all in on it. And even if you go even to their website right now, it's this one is always talked about the one that started it all, a game changing product that has captured the imagination of everyone everyone from Oprah to Iron Man. Oh, nice. <laughs> literally still in their marketing for and, this product. And any representatives of uh, Core International, we are happy to take any sponsorship you want to. Uh, and if if not, uh, I'm a big fan of the Yeti. Yeah. So any Yeti representatives <laughs> would rather have us represent them, uh, we're open to bids. Uh, so, you know, nothing keeps it colder than a Yeti. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we just went from hey man. product placement of the movie to just, hey, and by the way, right. Apple. What exactly? I mean, we like iPad Airs. We you know are really new iPad Air. The, we're getting into the spirit of Iron Man 2, which is loaded with product placement. Why yes. not some product placement on the Marvel movie minutes as well? We've talked to Kodak. We've right. already talked. Yes. Right. We no, are we open got. to offers. Well, and okay, and this goes right into another interesting product placement. We He's talking to Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Jarvis, he's talking about obviously this liquid that he's drinking, right? And he goes into, um, and we'll get into this toxicity and stuff. But yeah. when there's there's another shot here where it goes to the robot arm that always gets the grief. That's right. We need to talk about you. Is that what that he's is? Got, he's got he's got two robots that work for him, Dummy and You, and they're now you. labeled. So on this one, actually, he talks to you, and you can see it's the letter U, and you can see the U is actually on that one, and it's making him a smoothie and doing a terrible job of it. Is that the same smoothie that he drank in the first movie? Because it, it looks is. like the same color. It is. Uh, and so this is basically they're saying that he's doing this to help counteract the uh, the palladium poisoning. But really, at the, at the time, they never explained what it was doing in the first movie. So they retconned it. So even Favreau says <laughs> it may like, that's why we did it. We put it in there because we did it. Because we're geniuses and we had this all planned out. But he's, to- he's totally joking about it. But yeah, they basically... Ha- they they. They retconned it to be like, that's why he was, is because it was making him sick. And that's why he was drinking the green smoothies. Now, I, I we'll have to talk, and obviously we'll talk about toxicity. But here's the thing is when they cut to that, and there's a couple shots here of the refrigerator next to it. Yeah. There's glasses, water, lemons, and a particular carbonated beverage that is very clear. <laughs> it's Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Big Dr. Pepper fan. Yeah, apparently. so, uh, you know, the if... If Dr. Pepper representatives are listening, 
we're happy to be drinking Dr. Pepper on the show because it is as we the do one. the Marvel movie minutes. But you know that there's Dr. Pepper because I'm a pepper, think... you're a yeah. pepper. Oh, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too, Ray? I guess. <laughs> wow, this one Ray worked with us. <laughs> Show some enthusiasm. What, what's the stock up to? <laughs> Oh, sorry. We digress. So, what? Ha- what's this toxicity? What's happening? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, uh, we hear um, Jarvis has been in on this, so he's been monitoring it. So he says we're up to eighty ounces a day to try and counteract the symptoms. So he uh, checks his his blood again, uh, and oddly, it's at the same level it was four days ago. So. Isn't that a good thing? Like your blood sugar is only at twenty four percent. I know, but you know who, who knows. At this point, he could have backed down to zero, and then now he's back up to twenty four again. But it seems weird that he used the same number. But maybe the prop only displayed twenty four percent. Maybe <laughs> every That's time he checked it, it was right. always twenty four percent. All this talk of toxicity is making me think perhaps instead of the clash, they should have gone with system of a down. <laughs> Those Armenian geniuses. Uh, so uh, Jarvis then gives us a little more information. Uh, it appears the continued use of the Iron Man suit is accelerating your condition. Another core has been depleted. And so uh, now we see the, the arc reactor, which we haven't really seen before. Uh, so he pops out. And so obviously he has made some upgrades because if you remember the first one, he had to have Pepper come and do all the work with the gel and the wire and all that stuff. Now he can pop it out. And it's no problem. Like, like he, there's enough of a battery backup maybe that he can do it. Cause you know, it's like he has some sort of system where you can't just unplug him and he, down he goes. So now he can survive enough long enough that he can take the thing out, open it up, switch the new core, put it back in and he's good to go. Uh, so we, we see that, you know, not only arc reactor is better, but the whole system that integrates with him has seems to be better as well. Um, so there's something. Yeah. So he ejects something weird and metal and smoking, uh, from the from the center of the, who we've never seen before, and, and he says, "God, they're running out quick." And Jarvis says, "I have run simulations." And that's where the minute ends. We don't actually find out what's going on with the thing and the stuff and the thing and the. Uh, what's he running simulations of? What's he running simulations? You, you're you're only going to find out uh, back in minute twenty. Can what I, a cliffhanger, uh, huh? Oh no, this this was great. A couple things about this that just little details I love. When he, as the uh, camera is pivoting around him, it's behind the screen now, right? So Mm -hmm. now you're seeing through, he's got these monitors that are actually trans, they're also translucent as well. And you can see the 24% toxicity. As he removes the reactor, the toxicity on the screen goes down to zero. Oh, interesting. I thought that was one cool design work on that, showing the impact. So, but that also leaves you to believe that, okay, so without the reactor, Mm -hmm. no more toxicity. Right? right, or at least something like that. But but I thought that was a nice little design note, and then a uh, great rendering. This whole when he holds the device, and clearly there's yeah. a little bit of wonkiness with the CGI. This is a mixture of a practical and digital effect. Yeah, it's still really cool. Like it it has this great spider like opening, and the way the it ejects the uh the sort of burnt uh, charge uh from this looks really cool. But okay, but I just got to ask this. So this, the whole thing of this is powering the magnet that's keeping these particles still going into his heart. Yes. There's not another way to do this. (laughs) (laughs) At at this point in MCU, no. Like, this is the only thing. That technology won't exist for another sequel. Don't get me me wrong. I love this movie. Uh, Just 
whenever this happens, I'm kind of like, okay. There's there this there, there, all this stuff uh, with the Lady Poison is a little clunky, and it gets clunkier as the movie goes on too. Well, and and like you said, I'm glad you said is like there's clearly whatever that magnet, the thing that's that's keeping those these these particles. What happens when he takes it out? Like they yeah. just they don't right. Like I mean, yeah. and I like your idea that it's it's charged. It's holding a charge that can only hold yeah. for like ten seconds or fifteen seconds. Who knows? Right. I'm not going to get too far into that. Just now. <laughs> eventually we will. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, but in, in the meantime, as, as as we've been talking about, uh, you know the the wonderful products from Yeti and the delicious beverage of Dr Pepper, we have not yet begun to sell out because we have our own merchandise. Oh, you can go to oh. nextreel.com/slash/merch and you can get our logos plastered on whatever you want. And if we don't have it, tell us we'll sell it to you. We don't care because <laughs> folks, microphones and bandwidth ain't free. Uh, so you can get masks, you can get pillows, you can get phone cases, you can get all sorts of stuff. Uh, hopefully emblazoned with our brand new series season three logo might i also add you can also buy stickers (gasps) and if you buy a sticker you could place that sticker on your core one water bottle (laughs) or your yeti insulated mug or whatever you want to buy your 24 pack of dr pepper whatever it is Go ahead and buy a bunch of decals. Get a, yeah, get a next one. real koozie and put it on your Dr. Pepper as you're drinking, as you're pouring it into your Yeti. Put it on the bumper of your Carmen Ghia. <laughs> right. Oh, See? nice. Ah, Nicely see? done. Man. Send us a we picture have you right here, professional. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back to find out what the end of Jarvis's sentence was uh, in minute 20. Uh, so uh, make sure you don't miss that. Enough said. Bye.